Before we get to this week's episode, let's talk about our friends over at Roman. Roman swipes are convenient over-the-counter wipes that are clinically proven to help you last longer in bed. Dudes, did your ears perk up a little bit? Maybe something else did. They are uniquely formulated to reduce overstimulation without eliminating sensation altogether. In a 2019 study, Roman swipes were proven to increase time to orgasm by more than four times. To use, just remove the disposable swipe from its discrete pocket size pack, wipe it on the most sensitive part of your cack, and allow it to dry for about five minutes. When used as directed, Roman swipes will leave no scent or taste, so there is no transfer to you or your partner. They are safe, effective, and no prescription is needed. All orders include free two-day shipping and will arrive in unmarked packaging, so nobody knows what's showing up. Try today for as little as $2.75 per swipe. Head to GetRoman.com and get $15 off your first order by taking the free consultation. Do it today. That is GetRoman.com. And now, let's get to this week's episode of the podcast. All right, what is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of In the Paint, which is an NBA podcast hosted by yours truly, Matt Tweed. If this is your first time listening, please like, rate, review, subscribe, download the podcast. You can find us on all platforms, streaming podcasts, your Apple, Spotify, Google, all those great streaming platforms. We are there. We are doing it. Um, if you are a continued listener, a rider, thank you so much for riding. Thank you so much for the support. Um, just continue to tell your friends, tell the fam. Um, we're popping off. All right, we just finished up an episode last week, um, or well, this week, but when this one posts, it's going to be um, a Monday, so it will have been last week when you listen to this one. But we just finished up a, a recording uh, going through basically what we call the quarter-mile checkpoint Check in uh, for all of the Eastern Conference, sorry, Western Conference teams, um, one through fifteen, and we are now going to do the same thing for the Eastern Conference, one through fifteen, and we're going to talk about where they compare from last year's numbers to this year, what their numbers look like this year, shooting wise, defense wise, and then we'll talk about players on each team. Maybe they've had some players perform particularly better. Maybe they've got some struggles, whatever the case. Um, you know, we'll talk about all that stuff for each team one through 15, some more than others, obviously, but we're going to do it. All right. Let's start obviously with a standings update. So our standings update, um, in the East one Milwaukee bucks, 10 and one, they've only lost one game and they just lost recently. Um, I think two games ago to Atlanta, Cleveland Cavaliers coming in at two. They are eight and three. Celtics also tied for second, but technically third by way of head to head. Eight and three. Hawks at four, eight and four. Raptors at five, at seven and five. Wizards at six, at six and six. Bulls at seven, at six and seven. Pacers at eight, at five and six. Knicks five and six at the nine spot. The Nets at the 10 spot, five and seven. The Heat at the 11 spot, kind of a shocker, but maybe not with the way the offense is playing. 5 and 7. 76ers, though, shocker at 12, 5 and 7. Pistons, Magic, Hornets round out 13, 14, 15. All of them either 3 and 9 or 3 and 10. Okay, so no shocker really at some of the bottom of the standings, except for maybe the Heat and the 76ers. But Nets, Pistons, Magic, Hornets, kind of where I anticipated most of them being. The Pacers are a little high and the Wizards are higher than I thought, but. I think, like we noticed when we did the Western Conference, 
We'll see some numbers that will probably tell us that a little bit of these teams are a ruse. They're a little higher than they should be, and they'll probably fall back to the to the pack, to the right spot in the standings at some point. But we're going to go through all of them, starting obviously with the number one team in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks. Actually, the number one team in the league by winning percentage, the Milwaukee Bucks. All right, so let's look at their last year's numbers. So last year, offensive rating, they were third in the league. Defensively, middle of the pack, 14th um, with 111.8. Net rating, they were eighth, though. Um, strength of schedule. Uh, sorry, it's not strength of schedule. The simple rating system, we will talk about strength of schedule in a second. But this is simple rating system. They were seventh. Pace, they were seventh. Um, let's look at their numbers this year, though. This year, it's different. Offensively, they're middle of the pack, 17th out of 30. But this year, they're the best defensive team in the league, first out of 30, which usually they hang their hat on. And this is without Chris Middleton, by the way, um, who is a, is a pretty good defender as well. Net rating, they are third. Simple rating system, they are fourth. Pace, they are slower than last year. Let's look at some of the shooting numbers or just overall advanced metrics. So we'll start shooting-wise, though. So this year, their effective field goal percentage, they're 19th, so worse than bottom half. They are bottom half, but almost bottom fourth, bottom third. Um, they have the best defensive rating, like we said. They have middle-of-the-pack pace. They don't get to the line super well. They shoot threes at about seventh best in terms of their attempt rate. They offensive rebound really well. They, However, because of the defense, which, again, we're going to find out, they hold the their effective field goal percentage for their opponent is best in the league. They hold them to under 50% shooting. Um, they, they don't – they rebound – super well as well defensively um, when it comes to, to the defensive side. They also don't let teams get to the foul line because they defend super well. Um, and their um, their turnover percentage is very, very low. They don't turn teams over, but they're playing solid straight-up defense, so the turnover percentage doesn't really shock me that much. Their strength of schedule um, is one of the worst in the league, which, again, may contribute to why they're 10-1, but their margin of victory, which we've noticed with the – the Bucks over the past few seasons when they've been contenders has always been one of the best in the league. They're third right now um, in in margin of victory. As it pertains to broken down shooting percentage, uh, they are 18th in the league in terms of hitting three-pointers, but they take fifth most in the league, um, which you know is not a great percentage when you're taking the fifth most. Um, Two-point percentage, they're 19th in attempts, 16th in percentage, so that's right along par. If you're not making them, you don't really want to take them that much, and they really aren't. Um, again, they're the best rebounding team in the league. They're the best block team in the league in terms of blocks per game. They do foul a decent amount, um, but again, when you're playing really aggressive defense, that happens. Um, they take the eighth most field goal attempts per game as well, but they only are tw they're 22nd in the league in percentage. The bottom line for this team is they're the best defensive team in the league, and it doesn't really matter how bad their offense is as long as it's middle of the pack. They're top t or they're number one in defense in every metric or combined metric. So they're they're going to be dominant when their defense is that dominant. They're only giving up opponents' points per game. They're second in the league in opponents' points per game, um, but they are only allowing 105 points per game, which in this NBA is kind of crazy. And they're you know they're scoring 114 per, per game. So again, if you just do the math, if they're only giving up 105 a game and they're scoring 114 a game, they're winning almost every game. The only game they lost, I think. I mean, it was against Atlanta. I'd have to double-check what the what the game log looked like. But I assume it was probably a pretty close game all the way around. And, you know, sometimes those 
the ball bounces a different way in some of those games. But let's look at some of the percentages and the per game stats for for the Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, Giannis is on his MVP grind again. 32 points a game, 12 rebounds a game, 5 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. Probably top 3 in terms of defensive player of the year right now. His effective field goal percentage is... 56%. He's shooting twos at 60%. He's shooting 18 twos a game. He's only shooting three threes a game, which is right around where you want him. You really don't want him shooting more than that. You probably would like it actually to be down about two. Um, he's hitting threes, though. He's shooting three, but he's only hitting them at a 27%, which is obviously why you don't want him shooting that much. He's only playing 33 minutes a game. That's the amazing thing about the the Bucks. We're going to talk about usage rate in a second with them. But the amazing thing about the Bucks is... There is no, none of their superstars or top three players, which right now is Giannis, Drew, and Brooke, none of them play more than 33 minutes a game. In a 48-minute game of basketball, they're only averaging 32, 33 minutes or 30 minutes a game if you're Brooke Lopez. Bobby Portis is only playing 26. I mean, they are literally not asking much of any of their stars or their top three players to do much at all. And this was the same thing. This has been Budenholzer's strategy for four or five years now, which is we want our guys to be super fresh for the playoffs, and we don't need them to play 40 minutes a game to dominate the East with the way that their defense plays, and we have Giannis. And Giannis is playing the the second most of the top three. He's only playing 32.8. Drew is playing 33.1. So technically, he's playing the second most. Lopez, obviously, a little older, but playing still less right around 30 minutes. Giannis is only 28 years old, and he's only playing 32 minutes a game, and they're still 10-1. and one. It's scary as hell how good he is and how little he has to actually play <laughs> in terms of the full season. Now, we're going we're gonna to look at usage rate. And usage rate, obviously, as we know, and Ryan Rosillo has talked about this, like is a very bad indicator. He doesn't love it going into playoffs if you're like high 30s, low 40s. Giannis is at 38%. But here's the thing. Two, two points. One, the minutes. He doesn't play a lot of minutes, so it's fine. He's not playing 45 minutes and then getting the usage rate of 38%. But two... When you watch the games with the Bucks, which I've had been able to watch quite a few because they're on national television a decent amount, it doesn't really seem like he has the ball like in crazy, crazy spots. He's usually just getting the ball in the paint and dunking, or he's driving, but he's getting fouled. It doesn't seem like the 38% is actually 38%, which is good. And so when I watch the Bucks, I'm not really worried about I'm not really worried about all the all the usage rate for him or for Drew or for anybody really because I just when I watch the games it doesn't feel like the usage rate is that high. Um going back up to Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is at 20 points a game. He's shooting threes at 36%, shooting about 7 a game. Uh his defense is always going to be locked down. I mean his defensive rating is always going to be amazing. He's 103, which is best on the team for the minutes he's playing. Um I mean his his steal, he gets almost a steal and a half a game. He's right around a block per game. He shoots free throws well. Like I said, his his effective field goal percentage is a little lower than you'd like. His his two point his overall field goal percentage is a little under fifty percent. But again, these guards like they're shooting such high volume. He's shooting seventeen shots a game, so it's gonna make it's gonna be a, a, the 
45 is not too crazy. But again, he's shooting 36% from three, shooting basically 50% from two. He's having a really good year again. He's not asked to do amazingly too much. Um, Brooke Lopez, 15.5 points. He's averaging um, six rebounds a game, which you probably like to be more, but he's hanging out around the, the perimeter a lot. Shooting 36% on six and a half threes per game, 50% from the field. You know, fifty nine percent field goal effective field goal percentage. He's just incredible. The team construct is incredible because defensively they're at the rim and they can stop anybody that tries to drive. And offensively they're still shooting. You know, three point percentage not the greatest, but middle of the pack. But their defense is impeccable, and that's going to carry them through. So that is the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and now we will move on to the second team in the NBA in terms of, or sorry, the second team in the East, one of the best records in the NBA, the Cleveland. Cavaliers! So, let's look at their numbers from last year. Numbers from last year for the Cavs, not good. They were trying to lose, um, and they were they were trying to get some draft picks, which they did. Um, so, offensively, they were 20th in the league. Defensively, though, still good. Um, oh, sorry, last year was not the, t- the year they were trying to lose. I'm thinking of two years ago. Last year, they did end up making the, the play-in. Um, they were... But still, they were a welcome surprise based on what their roster construct was. But Evan Mobley was incredible. Um, Should have won Rookie of the Year. I had a massive bet on that. He didn't. He got hurt. It's okay. I'm not mad about it. Offensive rating, 20th. Defensive rating, still incredible because you had Mobley and Jared Allen, um, 7th out of 30. Net rating was 13th, so middle of the pack there. Simple rating system, 13th out of 30, but their pace was slow. But again, you're going to have that slower pace with Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen. You're running a lot of pick and roll. You're doing a lot of that. So this year, they acquire Donovan Mitchell in the offseason. And shocker, your offense gets better. And honestly, when Donovan Mitchell is an engaged, really, really all-in defender, they're better defensively too. Third in the league defensively at 107.5 defensive rating. And mind you, these ratings are as of Friday morning, recording this Friday morning. So there were games played last night. So they may have affected, not a whole lot, but they may have shifted a little bit. So don't come for me when you listen to this on Monday and the ratings are a little different. Recording this on a Friday, this is where they are. You probably have maybe one or two games by this time, so the standings may change too, but this is where we are as of Friday morning. Um, simple rating system, they're second, but pace, they're still slow, but again, with Donovan Mitchell, and now when you add Donovan Mitchell and you have um, the same roster construct, it's going to be a lot of um, isolation, a lot of pick and roll, a lot of getting kind of lulling defensive into matchups, and that kind of makes the pace slower. Let's look at their shooting numbers. This may be where you're pleasantly surprised. So, um, this in this year, they're fourth in effective field goal percentage. However, they are only 18th in the three-point attempt rate. I would love for that to be a little higher for them to be more successful throughout the year. Um, their margin of victory is the best in the league. Their strength of schedule is, you know, bottom third, but that that will all turn around. Um, their free throw, they're getting to the line a decent amount. Um, they're, like I said, their effective field goal percentage is fourth in the league. They're getting to the line a decent amount. They rebound the ball offensively pretty well. They do turn the ball over a decent amount, but that's a young team. Uh, defensively, though, they're great. Effective field goal percentage for the other team is they're 10th in the league. They're only shooting 52%. They turn other teams over a decent amount, too. They rebound the ball defensively super well. They're best in the league in rebounding, and the other team doesn't get to the free throw line that often because their defense is really, really good. All right, let's look at individual kind of broken down shooting numbers. They have the second best three-point percentage in the league, but they only take 19th ranked in the league. They need to be shooting more threes because they're shooting them at a really good percentage. Everybody could go, well, Matt, like that. maybe that's why they're shooting such a good percentage. Maybe they, they're still taking 33 a game. 
So, like, if you're taking 33 threes a game and still shooting at a 40% clip, shoot more. Maybe it drops down to 38, but maybe you take 38 a game. You're not really losing that much production with 38%, and you're now hitting, I don't know, maybe four more a game, which is 12 points. So shoot more because you make them. Um, they're second in the league in field goal percentage overall. Um, they're 13th in the league in, in two-point percentage, but they're only taking – they're 17th in the league in taking them, so that's perfect. They get to the line a good amount. They hit free throws a good amount. Like I said, the defensive rebounding is incredible by percentage. Overall, they're 12th in rebounding, but they're still doing everything really, really well. They're at a really good spot right now, and I think they have staying power. I think the metrics, I think all the numbers and adding Donovan Mitchell really, really give you – they give you staying power. You know, you you can go on Twitter and you can go on social media, and if you read about the Cavs, you see a lot of people like, oh, I don't know if this can hold. I don't know if this can withstand. Like, They've had an easier schedule. They've beaten Boston twice, so not the easiest schedule. I mean, they've beaten Boston twice. Um, They've beaten the Bulls. They've beaten the Wizards who are in the top five or top six. They beat the Knicks. Listen, when you beat the Celtics both at home and on the road, now they lost to the Clippers and they lost to the Kings. I was talking to a buddy that I play basketball with, and he was saying that this Western Conference road trip is going to show them what they're made of. And they're 0-2 right now out west. Or sorry, 1-2. Uh, they beat the Lakers, which I, it doesn't matter. That game's a, a cakewalk. They play the Warriors tonight at 10 p.m. And then they come back home, but they still play the Wolves, another west team. So right now you're you're 1-2 on the road trip, but 0-2 against really, really solid... Oh, sorry. Only... Really only... Oh, man. They're 1-1 one one against very bad teams, but they're... 0-2 against the teams that you should beat. I mean, they're better than the Clippers, and they're better than the Kings. By far better than the Kings, and they lost that one by 7. And had a lead by like 13, I think, with 5 minutes left against the Clippers and blew it. So, it's they're, they're young, there's growing pains, they're going to be fine. But there's a really tall test tonight against the Warriors. 10 p.m., tune in for that one. I bet that one's on ESPN or ABC. Um, yeah, let's talk about specific players. Donovan Mitchell having an MVP-type season, um, 32 points per game, four rebounds, six assists, one and a half steals. Um, he isn't turning the ball over that much either um, with the amount of times he has the ball in his hands. He has effective field goal percentage. Gosh, he's shooting 62% from the field, 57% from two, 45% from three on 10 threes a game. His stats are insane this year. He is top four maybe MVP top three if you want to include you know if you want to include him too with Steph I think it's probably maybe Giannis Luca Donovan or Steph Donovan I think that's probably four the four I would have right now um he's just playing insane Garland who missed he's only played five games um he missed you know the first or you know the next six games after he got hurt the first game um he's 16 and a half points per game eight and a half assists a steal He's shooting not great. His shooting needs to improve. He's 45% effective field goal percentage. Um, he's His field goal percentage overall is below 38%, which is not good. Um, it's going to improve. I think he's still getting the rust off, and he's still figuring out how you're supposed to play with Donovan Mitchell. You've got Evan Mobley, though, at 15.5 points, 6.5 rebounds, 2 assists. He's got about a block a game. His defense is awesome. He's shooting, uh, his effective field goal percentage is 58%, shooting 60% at the rim. His threes are not great, but he doesn't really shoot those. He shoots one a game, so don't shoot them. Karis LeVert shooting 43% from three on five threes. Um, Kevin Love not scoring a whole lot, but he's shooting 42% on six threes a game. Um, 
the one thing I want I've I've kind of like tried to figure out. Okoro has played in all 11 games, but he's only playing 14 minutes a game. It's almost like he's in the doghouse. And one thing we're going to start to come and figure out towards the end of the, you know, towards playoff time and stuff, something I value super highly is big perimeter wing defenders who are good, who are physical. Karis Levert sucks as a defender, and he's guarding some of these wings. Um, I was watching the Boston game the second time when it went to overtime the second time, and Karis Levert is out there in the final minutes guarding Tatum or Brown. And just getting blown by. I mean, just eviscerated. And Dean Wade was out there and doing a much better job than Karis LeVert was, but they went back to Karis LeVert because, I guess, scoring? Here's the problem. In the playoffs, when the game slows down, like, Karis LeVert, his defensive rating is 109. So it's not horrible, but it's, like, third worst on the team. Dean Wade's is even better at 108. And his offensive rating is 140 because he shoots the three well. So if you're telling me that he has a better defensive rating and he has a much better offensive rating when he's on the floor, why was Karis LeVert out there? And I think part of that's money. I think part of that is they think the illusion of him because he averages 14 points a game versus Dean's, which is seven, that they think that he's a better scorer. But the offensive rating would tell you it's different. That when Dean Wade is on the floor, they they score 140 points per 100 possessions. And when he's out there defensively, they only score 108 or give up 108. With Levert, it's 109 defensively, and they're only scoring 110. So I think they need to look at making a switch defensively at the end of games on the wing, and that's what Okoro was supposed to be. I mean, Okoro, 109 defensive rating. The problem is he's a horrific offensive player. His offensive rating is 66 when he's on the floor. I mean, when we look at his shooting numbers... He's shooting 29% overall from the field. He can't hit the three ball. He takes about one a game. He has I don't know if he's made any this year. Um, his two-point percentage is 50%, but his effective field goal percentage is 29%. He's a very much liability on offense. Overall, though, this team has staying power. They have a shot. I can see them towards the top four of the standings moving forward um, as we move throughout the year. All right, let's move to the number three team, which is your Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics this year are eight and three, seven and three in the conference, four and one at home, four and two away. Um, and they, in their last ten, they have won seven of, at seven and three in their last ten. They've won their last four games. Let's look at their numbers from last year. So last year, I mean, made it to the NBA Finals, so they're going to have a lot of good numbers. Defensively, second in the league, 106.9 rating. Offensively, seventh in the league, 114.4. Net rating was second. Simple rating system, they were the best team in the NBA. Pace, they were really, really slow, but again, makes sense with kind of the roster construct they have. A lot of ISO, a lot of pick and roll. Um, This year, though, Best offensive team in the league, first out of 30, 118.5. Tatum has taken a massive leap, which we're going to look at again um, in a minute. Defensively, they have dropped, but no Robert Williams. But I just don't think that without Ime Udoka, they're not really focusing as much on defense, and they're not getting as much effort out of that. However, because their offense is so dominant, their net rating still is sixth in the league. Their simple rating system is fifth, and their pace is still one of the lower in the leagues at 21st. Let's look at some of the shooting numbers. Maybe we'll find out why their offense is so freaking good. Okay, effective field goal percentage, they're second. Three-point attempt rate, they're first. Um, turnover percentage, they're one of the best in the league at not turning the ball over. Defensively, they tur- they don't turn the other team over. Defensively, they don't really rebound super well, but they do hold the other team to only about 53% effective field goal percentage, which is 12th in the league. Um 
Their margin of victory is sixth in the league. Their strength of schedule is tough. They have a really, really tough strength of schedule, um, so that will probably turn around at some point. Um, let's look at their individual shooting numbers, though. This is where it's going to get really good. So they take the most threes in the league. They make the most threes in the league. They hit them at the third best in the league at a thirty, almost 39% clip. They don't take twos, but they still hit them at a, at a third best clip in the league, so maybe you should take them a little more, but they take them at the 29th most in the league, so they're very low there. They make the most free throws. They have the best percentage. They have the, they rebound, like I said, defensively pretty well. They are not a, not a bad turnover team at all. Um, honestly, their offense is just so good that their defense doesn't have to be incredible. Um, we do, obviously, as we know historically, we want you to have a top 10 defense to be able to win a title. Um, but as it stands right now, they're the best offense by far in the league, one of the best. Uh, sorry, the best offense in the league, and I would say by far by a little bit. Um, yeah, they're they're operating at a really good clip right now, and they should be they should be proud of what they're doing offensively. Defensively, they'll hopefully get better with Rob Williams, but they have to probably turn the effort up a little bit on that end. Let's look at some of the individual numbers here. So, like I alluded to, Tatum is having an incredible year too. He probably has to be. In, I keep talking about MVP. It seems like we're going to have a list of 10 long by the time I'm doing this, but Tatum definitely has to be included in that too. There was a moment like last year where people were starting to put him as like top five good, and I thought that was probably a little early. I don't really know if it's debatable anymore. I mean, dude's averaging 31.2 points per game. He's at, on seven rebounds, four assists. He's getting about a, a steal a game. He's getting almost a, almost two blocks a game, two, one and a half blocks a game. His effective field goal percentage is 59%. He's shooting threes at a 40% clip, shooting nine and a half a game. His two-point percentage is 60%. He's shooting about 11 a game. I mean, he's getting to the line. He's shooting the, the free throws at 88%. I mean, it's the passing numbers are better. He's passing the ball even higher. His assist rate's higher. His assist-to-turnover ratio is down. I mean, it's truly remarkable how he's grown. And Jalen Brown's not far behind. Jalen Brown is... Be- become such a va- valuable and such a v- incredible asset for this team. And it seemed like every season he was in trade talks. And now you can't trade him because he's too good a production. I mean, 25 and a half points, seven rebounds, three assists, one steal a game, a half a block a game, shooting the three ball at a little lower than you'd like, but 34%. Uh, effective field goal percentage is 53%. He gets to the line a decent amount and hits him at 85%. I mean, Brogdon's been a great addition. Fourteen points a game, off the. I think he comes off the bench. Um, Fourteen points a game, four rebounds, four assists, shooting thirty-seven percent from three, fifty-five percent effective field goal percentage. I mean, overall, this team offensively is just clicking on all cylinders. So, third in the league right now. Or sorry, sorry, third in the West. And by West, I mean East. My God, I just feel like I just lagged. Um, third in the East. Really, really well performing, and they have staying power. Obviously, they made it to the title game last year. Um, that is your Boston Celtics, the third best team in the East. All right, moving on to the fourth best team. We're going to start to speed this up a little bit. I wanted to talk most about the top three teams, but we'll we'll still include some of these teams and, and talk about them somewhat in depth, but I really just wanted to hit on those three big. Okay, fourth team in the East, Atlanta Hawks. Last year, their numbers. They were second in offense, 26th in defense, and it's probably not going to change much this year for defense. Net rating, they were 14th, middle of the pack. Simple rating system, 14th pace, they were slow. Not shocking with Trey Young. All right, let's look at the numbers for this year. Offensively, they are 14th. Defensively, actually, I lied. They're much better. Um, They're 10th in the league. Their net rating is 9th. Simple rating system, 13th pace is much faster with DeJounte Murray, not shocking. 6th in the league. 
let's look at some of the shooting numbers. So overall, effective field goal percentage, they are 23rd in the league, so not great. Um, they don't turn the ball over much at all, though. DeJounte Murray helps that. He's such such a savvy guy with the ball. They're third in the league in, in uh, not turning the ball over. Their margin of victory is eighth. Their strength of schedule is not the hardest, but it's not the easiest either. Um, they don't – it's crazy. They don't really take threes that much. They're 29th in the three-point attempt rate. Um, they don't get to the line very much either. Um, they have the least number of passes in the league. And I don't mean assists. I mean passes. They just don't pass the ball. It's kind of crazy. Now, they they have assists, but they do it off of like one or two passes. They have the least number of passes in the league. I saw that stat, which is kind of crazy. Let's look at broken down shooting numbers. So they're 22nd in three-point field goal percentage. They're 26th in attempt, like we talked about, per attempts per game. Um, they are first in two-point attempts, though, but they're only hitting at 17%. Again, it, it makes me want to run through a wall that these teams that take so many twos but don't hit them well enough, stop taking them and shoot more threes. Fifth in free, free throw percentage, which is good. They rebound the ball super well. They're fourth in total rebounds. They don't turn the ball over. Um... They're decent in steals and blocks. Listen, I think it's that right now they're middle of the road at everything, and that would make sense as you're the fourth team in the East of a East that's not super great right now. Um, let's look at players. Trey Young, 27.5 points, nine assists, three rebounds, one steal. Um, I mean, look at defensively, he's one of the worst on the team. He's just a terrible defender. They give up 115 points per 100 possessions when he's there. They're also, he's only 109 offensive rating. DeJounte Murray is right now playing the best on the team. Overall, um, Trey obviously has the most points, but he's not playing the best overall on the team. DeJounte Murray is 21.6 points a game. He's shooting the three ball better than Trey right now at 33%. His effective field goal percentage is infinitely better. Trey Young is just in a bit of a slump right now. Um, DeJounte Murray, 52% on the year effective field goal percentage. I'm super pumped for DeAndre Hunter. He's finally healthy. He's playing super well. He's shooting the three at an 38% clip, 54 um, field goal percentage effectively. Uh, he's averaging 15 points, four rebounds. He's just he's getting better each day, each game, um, and I'm happy that he's healthy, and that's contributing to them being that fourth team in the East. All right, fifth team, the Raptors. Not a shock here that the Raptors are improved again. Um, Nick Nurse is just such a phenomenal coach. Raptors this year seven and five. They are five and four in the conference, five and one at home. They are two and four on the road, though, um, but they are six and four in their last ten. All right, let's pull up some of their numbers from last year. So last year, the Raptors were 14th in offense, 10th in defense, 11th in net rating. Simple rating system. They were 11th pace. They were one of the slowest. Fred VanVleet loves to hold the ball and dribble it. Let's look at their numbers this year, though, comparatively. This year, 6th in offense, 7th in defense, much better on both fronts, 5th in net rating, uh, simple rating system, they're 3rd, and pace, they're still slow. Siakam's really good, just such, it just gets better every freaking year. Um, what's the guy I was, I'm drawing a blank on him. Oh, Boucher. Sorry, can't believe I couldn't remember that. Chris Boucher is improving. Fred Van Vliet's always going to be good. Scotty Barnes, the rookie from last year, super good. Precious Achua playing well. OG Ananobi's playing a bunch of games. They haven't really had Gary Trent Jr. all that much. He's been hurt. Um, like, listen, this, <laughs> this team is solid. 
Let's look at some of the shooting numbers. Effective field goal percentage, the not great, 22. But turnover percentage, they don't turn the ball over. They offensive rebound super well. They turn other teams over. They defensively rebound super well. Their margin of victory is fifth. Their strength of schedule has been really tough, so it's a tough schedule for them to be 7-5, and five, which is good. Let's look at some of the broken down shooting numbers. Three-point percentage, they're 14th in the league, and they take the 13th most, so it's right on par there. Two-point percentage, they don't make it super much, 27th per- in percentage, but they shoot 10. Stop shooting them. Um, offensive rebounding, they're 7th in the league. They're number one in steals per game, number five in blocks. The best team in terms of turnovering, turnover the ball, turning over the ball, they don't do it. Um, all these numbers make sense. Let's look at points per game. Again, Pascal Siakam, 25 points a game, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, almost 8 assists, a steal and a block a game. He's shooting the 3 at 35%, but only taking 4, which is good. He's shooting 2-point percent or two point shots at 52%. He's shooting about 14 a game, which is great. His effective field goal percentage is about 52. You'd like that to be a little higher, but he's killing the game. Fred Van Vliet, 19 points a game, 90% free throw percentage, um, 43% from three on eight and a half a game. That's incredible. His um, two-point percentage is really low, but that's fine because he's shooting three is at much better clip. His effective field goal percentage is 53% as well. He's killing it. Um, love this team. I think they defend super well. I think they're coached super well. I think their offense is humming. Um, this could be a team that's maybe top four, uh, maybe overtakes and holds on to that top four ranking if they keep this stuff up. Wizards. Shocker here at the sixth seed, Washington Wizards. They are six and six, so five hundred. They are five and five in the conference. They are um, three and three at home and three and three on the road. Checks out. They're five hundred. All right, let's look at their numbers from last year. So their last year numbers, uh, they were terrible. They were. 21st in offense, 25th in defense, 23rd in net rating, 23rd in the simple rating system, and 23rd in pace. A lot of 23s in there. A lot of 20th rankings in there. Let's look at their numbers this year. This is where you're going to be like, Matt, this team is definitely overperforming. And they are. Offensively, they're 24th. Defensively, they're 20th. Net rating, they're 23rd. Simple rating system, they're 19th. Pace, they're 24th. Why are they 6th and 6th? I don't know. They shouldn't be. Are they going to stay up in 6th? Absolutely not. Um, Because they're middle of the pack, below the pack, and everything. Let's look at their um, shooting numbers. Again, you're going to find the theme is 20th across the board. Effective field goal percentage, 21st. Three-point attempt rate, 27th. Free throw percentage, 20th. Uh, Turnover percentage, better, 13th. Offensive rebound, 22nd. Defensively, they're holding teams to 53% effective field goal percentage, which is decent. They're not turning teams over, though. Um... Uh, defensively rating or defensive rebounding, they are really good though. Third in the league in defensive rating. Margin of victory, 24th. Their strength of schedule has been tough though, so that's pretty good to be 6 and 6 with that tough schedule. However, they've probably, if I went to the records, they probably have lost most of the games that have been tough and they've won the games that have been a little easier. All that said, I'm not going to go through a lot of the individual numbers. Bradley Beal just kind of doing what he always does, 22 and and 6, pretty typical. He's shooting the 3 a little worse though, um, but his 2-point percentage is always going to be really high. He's such a good mid-range at the rim score, 60% effective field goal percentage, 56. And then Chris Stapps and and Kyle Kuzma, those are your 3. You're getting basically, I don't know, 61, 62 points per game a night from them. You're getting good three-point percentage, good two-point percentage. You're getting just overall good basketball from those three. The problem is they don't really have anything else. Kispert's hurt all the time. Um, uh, Denny Avdia is not very good. Listen, Johnny Davis is in the G League at times on and off. So it's just not great. Their drafting has been bad. They haven't gotten anything from that production, um, and so they're struggling. That is your sixth team in the East, Wizards, and it's not shocking because they're middle of the pack and everything. 
All right, the seventh team in the East, my Chicago Bulls. This year they are six and seven, so right around that five hundred mark, a little below. They're six and five in the conference, four and three at home, two and four on the road. Let's look at some of their numbers from this for, or from last year. Sorry. So last year they were a playoff team, um, but it was kind of a bummer because they were really, really good at one point, and then they had some injuries, and they also have some of the same injuries this year. We'll talk about that. Okay, so offensive rating last year, they were 13th. Defensively, they were not great, 22nd. Net rating, 20th. Pace, they were 15th. And simple rating system, they were 20th. A lot of 20ths in there again. This year... Let's look at that. This year they are... Offensively, they are 18th. Defensively, they're greater, 6th this year. Net rating, 12th. Pace, they are 13th. And simple rating system, they're 8th. So the numbers are actually all pointing up this year as to them being much better. However, their record is a little lower. Some of that is injury. We'll talk about that now. Injury, Lonzo Ball, um, expected to miss a few months um, as of September, hopefully. Sounds like there's been a, a, a positive time or a positive reports, but no timeline. Um, I wouldn't see him before Christmas. I don't think. I think probably like that Christmas Day ish slot is where you're going to start to see him maybe come back and start to play a little bit with some restricted minutes. But I wouldn't expect too much before them. Um, okay, let's look at some of their um, some of their shooting numbers from this year. Effective field goal percentage is 20th, so not great. They get to the line a decent amount at 10th. They don't take a lot of threes. They're 28th in three-point attempt rate. Uh, their turnover percentage is they do have an, a decent amount of turnovers as well. They're 22nd. Um, f- they get to the free throw line a lot, though. They're fifth. They turn other teams over at fifth. They rebound the ball super well defensively. They're at eighth. But they're better defensively, but they're not where they need to be because of their where their offense is. Their offense is just not in a good spot right now. Margin of victory, they are 12th. Um, strength of schedule, they are second. So they played a really tough strength of schedule. So, you know, hopefully that turns around at some point. All that said, individual shooting numbers, uh, they're 13th in three-point percentage, which is not bad, but they don't take enough, so shoot more. Take less twos because you're not making them. Seven, seven, seventh in attempts in twos, but 26th in percentage. Um, they get to the line at a really good rate. They don't rebound all that well. Defensively, a little better, but not that great. Uh, Steals and blocks, though, they're high up there. They turn the ball over a little too much for my liking. Um, Overall, though, they're they're where they're expected to be with these numbers. They're middle of the pack. DeRozan having an incredible year again. 25 points per game, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. His 3-point percentage is never going to be great, but he only takes about 1 a game. His 2-point percentage is still always going to be incredible. 54%, 52% effective field goal percentage. Levine shooting 40% from 3 at about 8 a game. Uh, 47% from 2, so he doesn't take that many. 53% effective field goal percentage. Vooch um, uh, Io Desunmu and then Goran Dragic Patrick Williams starting to kind of get in a bit of a groove only being 21 hopefully we get some some production out of some of these other guys Caruso <clears throat> never going to be known for his scoring but his um, defensive rating when he's on the floor uh, 107 one of the best on the team his offensive rating obviously drops him down but defensively he's great he provides a ton of hustle plays a ton of effort overall this team is middle of the pack because of the numbers and they're middle of the pack because of their record <clears throat> and it shows. All right, the eighth team in the East, probably surprisingly, the Indiana Pacers. So the Pacers this year are five and six. They are four and four in the conference. They are three and three at home, and then two and three on the road. 
Let's look at their numbers from last year. Last year they were not very good. They were trying to lose though. They were 24th out of 30, or sorry, they were 16th out of 30 in offense, 28th out of 30 in defense, 24th net rating, 24th simple rating system, and 17th in pace. This year they are 8th in offense, still bad on defense, 26th, but net rating's up a little bit because of their offense jump, 17th. Simple rating system, 17th. Pace though, they're playing super fast, 4th out of 30. Let's look at their shooting numbers. Effective field goal percentage, 14th. Three-point attempt rate, they're fifth, so they're taking a lot. Um, their free throw rate is not great. Their turnover percentage is high. They turn the ball over a lot. They re- offensive rebound the ball decently enough. They get to the free throw line somewhat okay um, in terms of attempts. Their defense is just not good. They don't hold a, the other team's effective field goal percentage is high. Teams are getting to the free throw line on them. Uh, they don't overly turn the teams over super well or rebound super well. Um Let's look at some broken down shooting numbers. So they shoot the three-point well ball fine. Ninth in the league in percentage. They take the third most, and they make the second most. That's good. Uh, they're not really taking a whole a lot of twos, but they're not making a whole lot. So fine. Getting to the line a decent amount. They're fourth in assists. They're third in blocks because Miles Turner's great at the rim. Um, they're third in points per game overall. Um, but defensively, they can't stop anybody. Um, let's look at some of these individual players. Halliburton having a great year, not shocking, 21.6 points per game on 10 assists, 2 steals. He's shooting 45% from 3 on 7 a game. That's incredible. He's shooting 55% on 3s, which he's shooting 8%. He's 61% effective field goal percentage. And their second best option, Matherin, is off the bench, 28 minutes a game off the bench, shooting 44% from 3 at about 6.5 a game, 50% from 2, about 7 um, a game, and 57% uh, effective field goal percentage. He's playing great. Um... Does it have staying power? Probably not because you look at some of these numbers and they don't really add up to them even being in the 8 spot. So they're probably going to drop a little bit, but I can see them being in the play-in, maybe down to 10. I think it can be a play-in team for sure. Um, The Knicks at 9. Let's take a look at them. The Knicks this year, they are 5-6. and They are 4-5 and in the conference, 3-2 and at home, and 2-4. and on the road. Let's look at numbers from last year for the Knicks. 22nd in offense, 11th in defense, 19th in net rating, simple rating system was 19th, and pace, they are 29th. This year, a lot of the same. Offensively, not good, 23rd. Defensively, not great, 18th. Net rating, 22nd. Simple rating system, 18th. Pace, 11th. I don't, I'm not going to have to go into in-depth with some of these players and more than that. We'll talk about Randall and Barrett probably, and maybe Brunson. Um Let's quickly go through these numbers offensively for the shooting. Effective field goal percentage, 25th. Not great. They don't attempt their middle of the pack attempting threes. They don't get to the line. They offensive rebound well. They turn the ball over a decent amount. The Defensively, they do hold the other team's effective field goal percentage down, and they hold them to little free throws, but they don't turn anybody over. They don't rebound super well. R.J. Barrett, 19 points per game. Six rebounds, only three assists. You would like that to be a little higher. Jalen Brunson, 19 points a game, seven assists, but he's shooting only 30% from three. R.J. Barrett's only shooting 30% from three. Randall, who's taking the most threes on the team, is only shooting 35%. Um, Their effective field goal percentage across the board isn't great, and that would lead to why you are the 23rd-ranked offense and why you are ninth in the league or in the Eastern Conference. All right, the cryptocurrency nets. Um, let's pull them up and the just the the roller coaster and drama that is the nets. This year the nets are five and seven. However, they did start off two and I think it was. Um, I'm trying to think of what they were. Um, I think they were like two and five, and now they're five and seven. Um, 
Maybe it was one in five. I don't know. Whatever it was, not great. Um, let's look at some of their numbers from last year. Last year, the Brooklyn Nets, the next year Nets, were 11th in offense, 19th in defense, which actually is a little better than I thought they would be. Um, they were 15th in simple rating system and 11th in pace. This year, 12th in offense. They've improved defensively. Shocker, Kyrie's not playing. They improved defensively. 15th um, in defensive rating, 12th in offensive rating, 14th in net rating. They're 11th in the simple rating system, but their pace is slower, 26th out of 30. Let's look at some of the shooting numbers for them. Effective field goal percentage is 8th. Not shocking when you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie who do shoot the ball at a really high clip. Good percentage. You're going to have a high effective field goal percentage. Their margin of victory is 14th. Their strength of schedule is 5, so it's been a tough start to the year. They don't. They get to the line a decent amount. They're middle, exactly middle of the pack in attempting threes. They don't turn the ball over a whole lot. They don't really rebound super well. They let. They get to the line a decent amount, but defensively they've been better. The other teams are only shooting 51%. They're turning other teams over as well, but they don't rebound super well, and they don't really stop teams from getting to the line all that much. So, best player on the team, obviously, Durant, shooting 31 points per game, six rebounds, five assists, two blocks, one steal, um, 33% from three, which is not, you'd like him to be a little higher, but he's shooting 60% or 58% on twos, 56% effective field goal percentage. Kyrie has been out the past few games. He has a five-game suspension. But in the eight games he's played, 27 points per game, five rebounds, five assists, one block a game, one and a half steals. He's shooting the three ball um, at about 28%, which, again, you'd like to be much higher. He's shooting nine a game, too. His two-point percentage, though, is 60%, 52% effective field goal percentage. That's kind of why you're where you're at. But they did. They have improved. They were really bad defensively for a while. Kyrie went out. They've been better. Um, they they still don't have Joe Harris to be fully healthy. They don't have TJ Warren yet. Sounds like he probably won't even play until late November. Um, he won't help your defense at all, though. He will have scoring, but he won't help defense. Um, overall, they defend fine. They score fine, and they're middle of the pack, which is why you're 10th in the league in, in the East, uh, or 10th in the Eastern Conference. All right, another shocker, Miami, 11th in the Eastern Conference. Let's talk through numbers of them for last year. This year, Miami is five and seven. They are um, two and four in the conference, four and four um, at home, and one and three on the road. Numbers from last year for the Heat, who ended up making it, I believe they they were the best team in the Eastern Conference in terms of the. Uh, Seating and they lost in the finals three to four versus Boston and were a, a three away from Butler from from making it to the finals. Um, they are tenth in offense, fifth in defense. Or sorry, that was last year. They were tenth in offense, fifth in defense. Their net rating was sixth. Their simple rating system was sixth, but their pace was twenty eighth. Not shocking with Lowry and Butler and Hero. This year though, not great. 19th offensively, 12th defensively, net rating of 16th. Their pace is still slow, and the simple rating system has them at 15th. Listen, the bottom line is this. When your offense is not clicking, and it and their offense has never really been amazing, um, it's always kind of been you know somewhat in the 10 to 15 range. When it's worse than that, and your defense is not always what it, it's not what it has been in the past, which is 5th, yeah, you're going to drop a little. 
Let's look at the shooting numbers. They're 24th in effective field goal percentage. They don't shoot the ball overly well. They do get to the line. They shoot the 10th most threes. Uh, they don't turn the ball over super well, but they don't rebound super well. They don't defend the other team's effective field goal percentage well. They do turn other teams over, and they do defensively rebound. But, like, again, their strength of schedule has been somewhat easy, so it's kind of shocking they're 5-7. and seven. Their offense just has been kind of meh right now. Jimmy Butler is the only bright spot on this team right now. Bam has struggled a little bit. Hero's playing fine, but his numbers are not where you'd like them to be. Bam's numbers, he doesn't really take threes, which is fine, but he's not shooting twos at a high enough clip for you to not take threes. He needs to work on that part of his game. However, defensively, he's great. He's getting about a steal and a block a game. He's defending the rim really well. Overall, this team just doesn't have a whole lot. Um, I mean, Butler is fine, but if he's your number one, you're not winning a title. Um, Bam probably is a better number one than Butler is, but Butler is always just kind of outperforming. Um, all that said, I think that they're probably going to end up probably top six seed and they'll be fine. Um, I think there's just a little bit of growing pains right now. Um, I, you know, but Lowry playing every single game. Um, yeah, Lowry playing every single game is pretty impressive. Um, Oladipo is out. Uh, he hasn't played and it sounds like he's not really close. Something up with his knee. Um, you know, we'll see about that, but Overall, um, they'll get better, but the numbers tell you kind of why they are where they are. All right, the other surprise of the East is Philly. And the reason why is mostly just because we always trick ourselves into thinking that this year is going to be different, that this year is going to be the year that the Phillies are really good, or Phillies, that the 76ers are really good. The Phillies were good this year. Um and we just trick ourselves into it. Look, they're five and seven. They're four and six in the conference. Two and four at home, and three and three on the road. They're better on the road than they are at home. Let's look at their numbers from last year. Last year they were fourth in the East, which is probably where they're going to be around this year, unless they just completely tank, which they are not playing well right now. Um, they don't have James Harden for the next like month or so, so this is time for Embiid to step up, which we may see in the numbers. But offensively they're twelfth, defensively they're twelfth, net rating they're ninth, simple rating system they're ninth, pace they're twenty fifth. Again, not shocking with with Harden and um, shocker though a little bit with Maxi, but they're probably going to speed up a little bit with Maxi probably playing the point. Okay, let's look at the numbers. Embiid, incredible. 31 points per game, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, almost 2 blocks. He's shooting the 3 at 38%. He's shooting effective field goal percentage 43%. I, I don't really need to go into all these numbers. The one number I'm going to talk to you about is um, offensively lo- offensive loose ball percentage. They are last in the league. This is a team that doesn't give a shit about effort. They don't try hard. They don't go after loose balls. They don't even really do it on defense on the defensive end. They're 28th. They're a little better defensively, but they're still bad. They're a lazy basketball team who doesn't shoot the ball overly amazingly. They don't take enough threes, even though they're shooting them 7%, 7th best in the league. They've got some high ranks in terms of some of these metrics, but their effort is terrible. They don't defend the ball super well. Uh, They don't rebound at all super well. They're the second worst team in the league in rebounding, which is kind of crazy for a team with Joel Embiid. Um, But they just don't do anything overly exciting. And they honestly, like, they honestly are just a lazy, kind of pitiful effort basketball team. And that's going to lead you to being. Five and seven, and having people wanting to fire your coach. Pistons, 13. They are three and nine. 
They are one and nine in the conference, three and three at home, zero and six on the road. Let's look at some of the numbers from last year to this year. Mind you, this team was trying to lose last year. They are trying to accumulate draft picks, which they did. They got Cade, and Cade was great last year. Um, but let's talk about the numbers from last year. Last year, they were 28th in offense, 24th in defense, 26th in net rating. They were 26th in the simple rating system, and they were 14th, 14th out of 30 in pace. This year, worse all around. 27th in offense, 30th in defense, the worst defensive team in the league, 30th in net rating, 30th in the simple rating system, but 14th in pace. Thanks, Cade, for making that number not horrible. Let's look at their shooting numbers. 30th in effective field goal percentage. They can't shoot. 17th in three-point attempt rate. Their margin of victory is the worst because they are the worst. Their strength of schedule is tough, though, but that's not really an excuse. This team just thinks they would have lost anyway. Um, they don't turn the ball over a whole ton, which is good. They also get to the line a lot, but they... The other team's field goal percentage is high. They don't turn the other team over, and they don't rebound the ball super well. That is a recipe for not being very good. Um, bright spots, Cade, obviously. 20 points a game, six rebounds, six assists, about a steal and a half a block a game. He's not shooting the ball well, though. That's the problem. Bogdanovich, 12 games, 19 points a game, shooting the ball at about 46%. This is um, Bojan Bogdanovich. Um Shooting the three ball super well, uh, or not super well. Oh, yeah, sorry. Shooting this three ball at 46% on seven a game. His effective field goal percentage is 60%. He is the best player on this team right now. Um, not the most talented, but the best player. Sadiq Bey, Jaden Ivey, all these guys may be good. Um, they're all young. Look at this team. If I go down the line here, the oldest one is Bogdanovich. If I just go down the line, Cade, 21. Sadiq Bey, 23. Jaden Ivey, 20. Isaiah Stewart, 21. Jalen Duran, 24. Isaiah Livers, 24. Hamadou Diallo, um, 24. Killian Hayes, 21. Corey Joseph, a vet, but still only 31. Noel, Nerlens Noel, 28. Braxton Key, 25. Kevin Knox, 23. Buddy Bayheim, 23. Listen, some of these guys aren't playing, but I'm just telling you it's the youngest team in the league by far. They're going to have a lot of these bumps in the road, the growing pains. Um, but you have a good, hopefully, foundation between Caden Ivey and Bay. And Bogdanovich, I know they signed him. It's probably not what they want to do, but they needed to have something to be able to compete at all, and that's why they signed Bogdanovich. But all these numbers together is exactly why they are one of the worst in the league because they can't score and they can't stop anybody. Three and nine Pistons. All right, 14th team, the Magic. They are three and nine as well, one and five in the conference, three and three at home, and 0 and six on the road. Let's look at some of the numbers from last year. Again, mind you, you're going to find some of these themes. This Magic team last year was also trying to lose. 30th in offensive rating, 17th in defensive rating, 8th, or sorry, 27th in net rating, um, 10th in pace, and 27th in simple rating system. This year, a little bit of improvement, but a lot of the same. Offensively 22nd, defensively 22nd, net rating 25th, simple ratings 24th, and pace 16th. Let's look at some of the shooting. However, let's some of these. They've got a lot of guys out. Cole Anthony, out. Palabancaro, he's questionable. That might just be day-to-day. Markel Fultz, fracture. Again, he's out, but no surgery is required. Gary Harris, torn meniscus. Um, Jonathan Isaac, recovers from leg and knee injuries. Moritz Wagner has not played this year. No timetable. So they're missing some of their key pieces in terms of 
you know, I, I don't want to say key pieces, but like guys that they've drafted. So you don't have Cole Anthony, you don't have Moritz Wagner, you don't have Jonathan Isaac, you don't have Gary Harris, and you don't have Markel Fultz and Paolo Bancaro's day-to-day, but he's been great this year. We're going to talk about him in a second. Let's look at the scoring numbers. 17th effective field goal percentage, so not great. They don't shoot the three ball well at all, or enough at all, 26th. They turn the ball over the most in the league. They have a really... Uh, not a super tough strength of schedule. Um, they do get to the line a decent amount, but they don't rebound. They don't turn other teams over. They don't force tough shots. Um, let's talk players. Paolo Bancaro, 23.5 points per game. He's doing some LeBron-type stuff in his first year. 24 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. He's shooting the 3 ball. Not great, but he doesn't shoot a whole lot. His 2-point percentage is good, but he gets to the rim really whenever he wants. Um, wait, why am I saying that Moritz Wagner has played? Oh, sorry, that's Franz Wagner. I was mixing the two up. Okay, Mo Wagner, not a massive piece of your team. Franz Wagner is, he's played really well. 18.5 points a game, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal a game. But he's not shooting the 3 super well. He is His effective field goal percentage is high because he's shooting 2.0% at a really good rate. Um, but overall, this team doesn't shoot well. They don't defend well. Um, they're missing some of their big pieces. And that may contribute to them being the second worst team in the East. They may get a little better, but I think they're going to hover right around that like 12, 13, 14 spot, um, or maybe even 15th by the end of the year. And then last but not least, the Hornets. The Hornets stink. Like, they're real bad. This team is 3-10, and 1-6 and six in the conference, 1-5 and five at home, and 2-5 and five on the road. Let's look at their numbers. From last year, we'll look at their stuff from this year, and then we will round this puppy out. All right, last year numbers, um, they were very much improved, or sorry, very much of an improvement last year um, in terms of the year before, um, but they've gone downhill. They are not, they were ninth in offensive rating. They were 23rd in defense, 16th in the simple rating, 6th in pace, net rating, they were 16th. This year, they are... Um, 28th in offense, 14th in defense, which is a step up from 23rd of last year. 26th, though, in net rating, 27th in the simple rating system, and 18th in pace, which is slower than last year. However, they have not had um, LaMelo Ball at all. He was expected to miss the start of the regular season. There's no real timetable as for when he comes back. Um, he's the only guy that's gonna that has missed significant time. Other than Miles Bridges, which he's, I don't believe, even on the roster anymore um, with dealing with all the other stuff he was dealing with. Um, so let's look at their shooting numbers really quick here before we get out of here. Effective field goal percentage, 27th, so they don't shoot the ball well. They don't shoot the three at a high rate either. Um, they're, don't, they, don't, they turn the ball over the you know middle of the pack. The offensive rebound well. Defensively, they do hold teams to tough shots, but they don't turn teams over. They don't rebound super well. Um I would assume that teams are shooting probably a decent three-point field goal percentage against them too. Um, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say about this team. They're not very good. They don't have um, LaMelo Ball. Rozier is, is their highest scoring per game. He shoots the three-point percentage middle of the pack. So does Kelly Oubre. So, I mean, everybody shoots. Everything's They're just doing everything below or middle of the pack. And when you don't defend and when you can't score super well and you do everything at just a very below le- average level – and you don't really have any effort and you can't play defense, this is why you are 3-10. and 10. All right, that is all of the teams in the Eastern Conference. I know, obviously, another long-winded one, about 55 minutes. Um, next week, 
next episode. I know you're you're hearing this on a Monday. Next week's episode or next episode we do will be more based around storylines, things that are going on in the NBA, um, you know, staying power, all that stuff. Um, there's not been a whole lot of storylines, really. Honestly, obviously, the Jacques Vaughn story um, or the Jacques Vaughn story for him being the now the head coach of the Nets. That's really been the only kind of big thing in the NBA, honestly. Um, LeBron looks like he might have has had he left a game recently with some leg soreness um but outside of that there's not a whole lot of storylines going on right now just some teams that are really bad um and some teams that are performing really well um that is going to do it for another episode of in the pain thank you so much for listening that was our eastern conference quarter mile check-in um catch us next week for some more episodes all right fam peace